Another episode of the Harris Huddle. I'm your host Jalen Harris, and we're here coming with, coming at you with the sixth episode of the Harris Huddle. Man, I'm, I'm trying to lose count, even though I'm in a se- uh, single digits. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about a couple topics today on the uh, on the show today. Might not be a too 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 much of a long episode, like three topics maybe. Might ramble on, but never know how it goes. But I'm your host today, Jalen, and I hope. Everyone's being safe out there with the COVID nineteen being being increasing and more deaths and more um more people getting infected. But everybody keep your mask on, be safe, social distance, wash your hands. Cause I see people every day not doing that. Gross. But as I get off my soapbox, but we're gonna go into our first topic today. Cam Superman Newton going to the Patriots. I I could say I would never guess this, but I would have thought he was going to the Chargers at the beginning of this beginning of the offseason, the Chargers, maybe the Bears, even the Jacks. I would have never thought Cam Newton would have fit with the Patriots. Cam Newton, former Auburn Tiger, Carolina Panther, first team all pro, three-time pro bowler, super uh, NFL MVP, has fallen all the way down to signing a veterans minimum for like 1.1 million. To play for the Patriots, and he's not guaranteed the job. But I feel like uh, Cam can really come in and um, come in and be, if not electric, a, a huge leader. Because you gotta think of the quarterbacks on the Patriots roster. You have Jared Stidham from an Arden quarterback, only threw like four passes this year in mop-up duty. But yeah, Brian Horrier, career, career, um, career backup quarterback, really a journeyman, been on like ten teams on the Patriots three times, but. You got to think, man, Cam Newton versus those guys. I'm picking Cam Newton. I'm putting all my money on Cam Newton, 100 out of 100, because, you know, it's Cam. He's really electric. Like, that 2015 was really electric with Dab and Amigos, like, him hitting the Dab every time. It was just, it was really like electricity. Like, you knew they were going to bring it every game and bring that physical run game. But I'm kind of... Uh, my view is kind of biased because, like I said, I really, I really think Cam will win the job because, like, it's Cam Newton versus Jared Stidham, and the last pass Jared Stidham threw was like a pick six, <laughs> and then that was real terrible. Versus, I think, I think the Jets or the Dolphins, one of those two teams, but the, but um, Cam didn't have two, um, didn't have a lot of great, any good stats last year after having that shoulder injury and the Liz Frank in his foot being knocked out. Of, for the whole year, basically, yeah, 50 completions, 89 attempts, 572 passing yards, and a 56.2 completion percentage. Basically, all that means is not good. It's basically average, if not terrible. But you can't blame it. Cam's been injured the past three seasons, really. But Cam has my respect. He's he's gone out there and played with a um, with a horrible offensive line, a receiver that can't stop eating Big Macs and ordering large fries, but. And you're in the NFL. You got um, the team that won't draft a left tackle or right tackle or guards. You got Luke Keekley retiring, but even though that happened this year, but a defense that that's dominant, but it can't really like a defense can't really carry you. But you got a the only person you can really depend on throwing to is a tight end, and he left you just like 
he got uh just like cam got cut this offseason but cam really had no threats and no really help from the panthers organization or the coaches and i really blame um the coach that's at Ron Rivera and ownership and the and the GM because you can't you can't do that to your franchise quarterback man you just can't you can't not draft offensive players you can't not draft a left tackle for eight nine years since Cam been in the league if they did they didn't pan out you have to sign somebody you have to throw the bank at somebody to protect them but the only guy they really drafted was Kishan McCaffrey and you know as you as I said Cam Newton has been injured so they haven't really like played together and I would. I would have been looking forward to that, but you can't blame the Panthers for moving in a new direction with uh, Matt Rule. As a, uh, if you may not know, he's the former coach of the Baylor uh, Baylor Bears, and with um, LSU's offensive coordinator Joe Brady, they're gonna have that new tandem up there with Teddy Bridgewater. Wish all my respect to Teddy, but um, he's gonna have the same problems Cam did. They, I know they approved their receiver with the um, with the signing of the Jets receiver. Um, I think his name's Anderson, but they signed him in the offseason. Um, drafted heavily on defense with Derrick Brown. I feel like their defense is going to be, if not back to the same, but improved. But they're not going to be a good team for a long time. And they have uh, a couple good receivers there. But I just wish Teddy the best of luck. But we're going to move to the Patriots. The Patriots are not in, in a big if not uh, that much better than Panthers to me because the Patriots wide receivers on offense really threats on offense include a 34-year-old Julian Edelman that's been constantly hurt, Nikhil Harry, the uh, former first-round pick that's the the rap, the rap sheet is still out on him, and they signed former first-round receiver out of UFC, Marquise Lee, in the offseason. He's been consistently hurt, but can't blame a guy for injuries, but they have been hurt. Some other notable players from the uh, on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball is Sonny Michelle, James White, two uh, two good backs. I can catch it out of the backfield, run down the uh, run down the tackles, and Joe Thune, the uh, offensive guard that was franchised this year, Pro Bowler, really good, really good player. But uh, really, was going to come down to this: um, the Cam winning this job and being successful with the Patriots. If like how the team will match up, will. Will the pieces I have just named really pan out? And will uh will Cam learn the playbook in time to chant to challenge Jared Stidham and Brian Horner? I don't think it's a um it's a big really issue. I mean Cam isn't the very very accurate, but I haven't really seen what Jared Stidham and Brian Horner is made of because Jared Stidham struggled his last year at Auburn and he struggled a little bit when I seen him. When well, y'all seen him in the NFL and Brian Horry is Brian Horry, even though I give him his props, he actually set a little bit of success in Cleveland, a little bit of success in Houston, but you still, I still not picking Brian Horry over Cam Newton. Cam Newton, 6'5", 250, can pound the ball, run the ball down your throat, throw it deep, really just an all-around athlete, can run around the pocket and make things happen. But I feel like Cam will really, now that I think about it, I didn't think he would fit in that offense, but... Um, the New England wants to run the ball and Cam wants to run the ball. So if you combine him with both the running backs that I just listed, like Sony Michelle, he can run it, and James White can catch it out of the backfield. That can really form a nice tandem because like uh many many uh writers or media members said um said over TV last week or so, um, it's really hard to account for Cam. If you run like a man situation, who's gonna match up or spy with Cam? A linebacker might be too slow, a safety is too little. And it's just who, like, 
accounting for him and scramble and scrambling situations. You just you just really can't because he can easily go get the first down or he can throw it. It's kind of like that dual threat, which he is. But I really have faith in Cam that he's going to bounce back this year and um and just really like the like the league on fire, how humble he has been and how that like kind of that big chip on his shoulder the past two years to prove like I'm still that MVP guy. I'm still that pro bowler. I'm still up there with Lamar. I'm still up there with Pat Mahomes, Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers. I'm still that dude. But, you know, it's kind of how how the, how the season plays out, how the team really shakes up because the threat on the Patriots, really their defense and Bill Belichick, I don't really have that. I'm not really too confident in that offense. And I hope Cam Newton doesn't get thrown under the bus for the lack of weapons because Tom Brady left for the exact reason and partially because of Bill Belichick. You can, I just hope he doesn't get thrown under the bus or like, oh, it's Cam's fault. The Patriots are not good. No, 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 no. no. Patriots are just not that good in my eyes. But I'm never going to count out Bill Belichick. The years you think they'll suck, they'll go to the Super Bowl. And as a Falcons fan, that 28-3 just sticks in my craw. And Kyle Shanahan, you did it again. So you did it again this year. But I'm going to get off my high horse or my soapbox, really. But... Cam Newton, if you don't know Cam Newton, signed with the Patriots this offseason, $1.1 million. It can turn into a $7.5 million deal with the Centers, but I wish him all the luck. And we're going to go into our next topic. Patrick Mahomes gets a half a billion dollars on a contract extension. 10 years, $450 million. Uh, he already had a two, year, two years left on his deal for like $28 million or maybe like 20 million each year, but that's, whew, uh, the, he need five Brinks trucks. For, imagine that, $450 million signing that. I would, ooh, that's like, that's beyond generational wealth. He's like, he's really, uh, he's up there with Forbes and you're not even counting his, um, counting his endorsement money or off the field money. He's he's on the cover of Madden, Madden. He was already on the cover of Madden 20. It's just, it's really crazy, but, in total, his like the length of his contract with the Chiefs would be 12 years. I, I mean, I really think I would think he's gonna be there for 12 years. But a guy like me, I, I'll try and rip up my contract after like four or five years and get 60 million. But, <laughs> but I really feel like the deal is team friendly because if you look at, I don't know if people really understand NFL contracts like that. They're um. They might think, oh, his his year his um his yearly um pay is like forty five million. No, it's not really. Most of most of his um contract is off of bonuses, off of like roster bonuses and um workout bonuses. And like we read we read NFL contracts, you can see it. And it if anybody doesn't know what that means, like roster bonuses are like if you're on the team for that in that in the springtime or just in the season in general, you get a bonus or like a workout bonuses they have work they have workouts or training sessions before the um before the season called otas and uh mini camps and if, if patrick mahomes attends he gets millions of dollars and obviously i would attend like he's going to attend to get the majority of his check but most of these years um most of the years throughout um until like 2028 like i said it's, it's really team friendly and and um his base salary doesn't get into like the 30, 38 or 40 millions until like, I think the year 2028. And um, his contract is really like incentive laden as well, incentive laden as well with the um, 
I'll say like winning the Super Bowl or getting MVP again or making the playoffs. But I, I really believe Patrick Mahomes deserves every cent of that money because you got to think, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. He was the NFL MVP. He threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in the same year. And he's the youngest to do all of that or almost all of it. But I don't know if he beat Brady in that Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl. But he's he's first or second in doing achieving all of the accolades. And I really, I really, uh, really give my props to Patrick Mahomes because he really brought the Chiefs from being like a first round choke to they're dangerous, really, because he can throw it around the yard, make every pass, throw it deep, throw it, throw it underhand, sideways, and just end up into um, any any hole, any space area on the field like defensive backs has to stay alert when they pay when they uh play Patrick Mahomes He's, he can throw it probably 80 yards has that baseball uh back, baseball background and whew, Patrick Mahomes man but I like this deal because Patrick Mahomes gets to grow with his young players as because he's already known uh Tyreek Hill and um and Travis Kelsey but he gets to grow with Nicole Hardman and Clyde it was hilarious they can really uh, elevate their careers and just elevate that Chiefs offense because it's really dangerous offense next year because you have to think about it for the next couple of years until maybe like Travis Kelsey retires. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, and I forgot even Sammy Watkins this year. So they're still dangerous, but he's going to be gone probably after next year. But um, tra- tra- Travis Hill, I don't know, uh, Tyreek Hill, excuse me, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman in the slot. Uh, Travis, uh, no, not Travis, he 10, <laughs> excuse me, um, Clyde's Edward Hilaire and, um, Damian Williams and even more back. I think it's another back, but, um, that's an explosive offense to really, um, Mahomes to just dissect you and just go over the top with. All those guys run like a 4-4-4-5 at least. Maybe not Clyde, it was Hilaire, but she running back. But it's really like a track team on offense. And the NFL is really in a, in a tear because I think him and, him and Lamar Jackson are really going to be that that next, and Deshaun Watson, excuse me, are going to be that next group of guys to just be that, be that Tom Brady, that Aaron Rodgers, or that um, or that Drew Brees of the next probably I would say decade. And like I said, the um, this contract is huge for Kansas City and the rest of the league. Mentioning Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, no, Deshaun Watson is going to be up for his deal first. He's probably going to get it. If not this season, the next offseason, it's going to be they're not going to be as long as Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes isn't really like a running quarterback. So I would say Deshaun Watson and Lamar are going to sign like four or five year deals in maybe 40 ish, 45 range. One of them is probably going to leapfrog the other or maybe even in the 50 range. But I would say Deshaun Watson is going to sign for like five year, 250 million. What about mm, 200? 200 of a guaranteed. And Lamar Jackson will probably sound like a four-year, 200, 255, 260 maybe, with um, with maybe 215, 205 guaranteed. Because um, Lamar Jackson is a runner, and that obviously his career might be short. Like you would say, like a Michael Vick, his body might break down. But I really hope as Lamar grows as a quarterback, and Deshaun as well. Deshaun has had his injuries, but he isn't really like a. I wouldn't say he doesn't emphasize the run as Lamar Jackson does. Deshaun will run, but it will he won't like hurt you with his legs or like risk his body running. I mean he would, but you know what I'm trying to say. But um 
like a, those those two guys are the next guys coming up really with big deals. Now I know they are really sent probably sent Patrick Mahomes a text saying thank you, dog. Appreciate that. But I really I really like the black quarterbacks really uh, with Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson really breaking the bank and proving that they can play quarterback in this league and they they deserve every penny they get because. Back in the day, um, even back in the 2000s, quarterbacks weren't getting this money. And it was kind of not even black quarterbacks. Black quarterbacks had to prove they got that money. Really, Michael Vick was the first, maybe one of the first first, first ones with like a 10-year extension. That's really great. But like I said, Patrick Mahomes deserve every penny. And the city, this Kansas City is going to be delighted to finally have their quarterback after moving on from Alex Smith. Uh, prayers up to him, but they got their guy and they had their franchise guy for possibly 10, maybe even 15 more years in the league. And as we move on to our second topic of the day, we're going to talk about uh, some major news came out yesterday that the Big Ten Conference uh, was canceling all out-of-conference games for the football season and only playing in-conference. And this is really huge because as an Ohio State fan, I really, I'm really upset because I wanted to like see then play Oregon. I know that was going to be a good game. I was going to be sitting there watching because I, I, I can imagine that game. That was going to be like a good pop, get your popcorn, get your food, watch the game because Oregon's a good team. Oregon has a good coach with Mario Cristobal, and I feel like Ohio State can really is one of those top two or three teams to compete in the playoff. So I don't know how really this college football season is going to work, but I think all the major conferences will follow the plan because really with the Big Ten canceling out out of conference games that like I said they had a game of Oregon and Oregon is in the Pac-12 so what, what is Oregon going to do now that they can't play Ohio State kind of I think all the conferences really have to follow the plan because it kind of minimizes the risk but I feel like a lot of people have out of conference games and you can't really like account for like other conferences not playing you and you have to like I guess follow the leader and follow the follow how the dominoes fall. But I'm guessing I don't really understand this decision because you're still playing football. Maybe the out of conference games limits travel or limits exposure, but it might save out on revenue from like I would say um maybe like Oklahoma and Texas playing in like the Cotton Bowl. Playing in the Cotton Bowl. If I hope I got that right. But yeah, I think they're playing in um in Dallas. And that might save out on the lack of revenue from fans not being there or, and, uh, or the lack of, um, not the lack, the higher risk of getting exposed to COVID-19. But the major question I really have the, uh, I really have right now is um, what is about, what is going to happen with the college football playoff? Because there's four teams in the college football format right now. And that's really mostly conference winners and maybe like another best conference winner, but that's not the, it's not the most accurate thing. It's just, but it's really been all conference, conference winners, and the people who lost two, one or two games really fell out. But I think with this move to only conferences, they can really move to five, a six game, a six game playoff with all conference winners, and the and that last team is the best non-conference winner in the country. Even though that still might sat, still might not satisfy all people, but you get a bigger chance to win, bigger. You get more players on more players to the table, but it's still you know we don't even know if it's if a season is gonna go on, let alone a playoff. But that was really only my major major concern. 
major concern with the uh, Big Ten canceling out of conference. I feel like with the SEC, they're probably going to follow suit because everyone in the SEC is pretty good. It's probably, probably the best conference in America. I I would say maybe the Big, big Ten is maybe first or second. It's, it's kind of whichever you prefer, but that's really major news. That's really, that's really major because a lot of games I'm looking forward to or interesting games on people's schedules were possibly out of out of conference. And with those removed, you kind of just kind of wonder, like, how is the season going to go? Is, is it going to be just more games or less games or just kind of bland? Or should we even have it? That's a lot of questions to really think about from fans and the administrative, athletic directors and coaches, really decisions because this COVID-19 is real, man. And it's really shutting down things and you have to stay safe. You have to do what's in the best interest of the school and yourself and your personal, your personal, like your family. But like I said, that was my last shop the other day. And um, with that being said, everyone be safe, man. I just ask everyone to be safe. Like I know people's working. I'm an essential worker. Be safe. Wear your mask. If, you, if your county, city or state enforces a mask, I would just say wear a mask protect protect me protect everyone else around you because you don't know you might you might give it to your parents you might give it to your grandparents you might give it to somebody with their kid you never know who you could run into that might give you the virus or um or um could who you or who you could be threatened because everyone isn't symptomatic but you could be giving somebody else the virus that you don't want to give the virus to and the virus is really affecting everything in the world and like i said with sports life economy personal it's really scary but like i said i'm out this your host Jalen harris and this is the conclusion of the sixth episode of the harris huddle check out all my episodes one through five if he hasn't there's there's some great content in there with with interviews uh and i dropped my first mock draft for my episode four so go check that out and i am out